from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. What was your first car? My first car was awesome. It was a 1983 BMW. What? That's so cool. Like, not like a fancy BMW, but... It was like a 3 Series? It probably was a 3 Series. Yeah, that's what I had. Did you really? It wasn't my first car, but I had... I actually had a 5 Series, and it was oh, like a 91. Okay. Oh, right on. And it was such a good car. Man, I, I really liked that car. It was like a really dark green, almost black. Oh, yes. It had a carpet over the dash because I guess whoever owned nice. it before was like actually cared about it. So they were trying to keep the leather nice. Oh, wow. But of course, I was in high school or, or rather <laughs> in college. So I was like covered it with pins and shit from like oh, Spencer's. Yeah. <laughs> <And> like <laughs> puns and whatever. Oh, that's awesome. But my first car was a Ford Explorer. Uh, like I had an a old Ford, Explorer Ford Explorer at some point. No kidding. In my driving days, yeah. Wow. I did not care for it. Myself, I but. loved mine. I mm-hmm. felt like I was at home in that car. Right on. It was. I took that car to college when I went up to New York. We saw some. We saw some things together. <laughs> we we were we went through some shit. Uh huh. 
I also drove mine to college, but that's why I didn't like it because I went to college in the middle of downtown Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and every parking deck is like cramped as shit. So I was in this big ass explorer, like trying to <laughs> fit into these tiny spaces. I was like, not a confident driver. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was, like, I don't cars like are tough this in the car. city. Yeah. Well, we're talking cars today. That's right. Oh, uh, boy. Boy, Ow! are we talking cars today. <laughs> Before we bring you our final chapter, on the absolutely fascinating Colette. Yes. I hope you're enjoying that. Mm -hmm. uh, we wanted to take another break from people loving people and go back to one of our most ridiculous romance subjects, objectum sexuality. If you haven't heard our episode about Ayarita and the Berlin Wall, like definitely we recommend going back and checking that one out after this one. Or even if you did hear it, just revisit it. That mm -hmm. episode is so good. Totally. Um, but today... We're talking specifically about people who are sexually aroused by vehicles. I mean, we're talking little cars. We're talking big trucks. <laughs> uh, even like full-on helicopters and fighter jets. Mm -hmm. These people have got boners for beamers, right? <laughs> they are hard for hatchbacks. They want to get a Hummer from a Hummer. Oh. Get it? <laughs> so, clutch your stick shift and chassis and rev those engines. Cause it's time for some hot rod honeys. Vroom vroom! Hey there friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show ridiculous romance. A production of iHeartRadio. I think before we get started on this episode, because this is a tight little episode yeah. and we've got a little spare time. So how about we reach into our bag here? Uh, I think it's time for a mail call. Mail. Awesome. Yes. And this one is actually very, re very relevant to today's episode. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Uh, this was sent to us on Instagram from Sarah Johnson, Sarah.sexton.johnson. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. They sent us an article from January 2022 about a woman in Germany who wants to marry a Boeing 737. Oh. So from the article, quote, Sarah Rodo, 23, tells the son, My plane is called Dickie. I love everything about him, but particularly his face wings, and engine. They're so sexy to me. Some people don't understand my love, but my friends took my coming out very well and encouraged me. All right, there you go. We've seen this in our Ayurita episode. That's right. Where she talks about her little town in Sweden being very accepting. That's right. And I feel like in that episode, too, we learned about Germany and mm -hmm. other places over there Germany in, in was Europe like that were kind of kind of cool with it more or less more right. so than we are here well yeah i i think they even yeah they said germany was of course was very cool with it and then as you got further east and they had more like animism and like yeah. shintoism which believes there's a soul in like every object and right. every tree and everything like they got more and more accepting of it but yeah. then as you go further west of course into the u.s it's like yeah what are you talking about <laughs> you're telling me <laughs> that americans were less accepting what? A country colonized by Puritans? <laughs> well, yeah, she says she's in love with this plane. She flies on it as often as possible. Again, like our object sexuality episode, she has hundreds of toy models of the plane. She oh, wow. sleeps with one of the models that's almost as big as she is. Ayurita also had a model of the Berlin oh, Wall the Berlin she Wall, slept yeah. with. Complete with barbed wire. Ouch! Exactly. I couldn't Terrifying get over that. Bedmate. I couldn't get over that. <laughs> 
everything else I was fine with. But <laughs> the barbed wire was a bridge too far. <laughs> and I was like, a bridge? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody say bridge. Did someone say bridge? I'd love to meet him. <laughs> Could you set us up? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this woman who's in love with this plane, uh, she told Lad Bible, quote, I've been attracted to objects since I was a teenager. I first noticed it when I was 14 years old. I noticed that I wasn't attracted to people when I didn't want to cuddle or become intimate with them. Unlike my objects, where I crave cuddles and being intimate, it's the best sex I've ever had. Okay. Which is uh, unusual because I, uh, Rita and like Erica Eiffel were like not interested in talking about how they had sex right. with their objects. Right. Like they were like, that's really gross of you to ask. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, it's the best sex ever. <laughs> so maybe she's more willing to discuss how it works. She refers to Dickie the plane as her boyfriend. But of course, she can't marry it. It's not legal in her home country of Germany to marry an object or any country, I think. Right. She said, quote, I've also had two relationships with men because I just wasn't sure what my real sexuality was. But I soon realized that I can't feel these romantic things for people. Now I know that my sexuality is objectophilia and I stand by it. All right. And before Dickie, Sarah says she was in love with an express train called Ice 3. I mean, first of all, Ice 3 is a very sexy name. Yeah, Ice 3 is a pretty sexy kind of want to change my name to Ice 3. <laughs> Would that be cool with you? I guess. It'll take some getting used we'll to. Have to I'll call we'll you have Ice to redo three. the theme song. Oh, God. Hey, friends, go and listen well. Ice 3 and Diana got some stories to tell. Well. It fits. It's still it the fits syllables. perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> no notes. <laughs> no, oh, I'm going to no change notes. all my email addresses. Well, this is up to you. All right. We'll <laughs> Do you feel we'll, like spending the money and time? We'll talk about it. I will stand by you. By which I mean, I'll talk to myself about it. Thank you for standing by <laughs> me in this difficult time. I'll stand by you in this difficult time. <laughs> Honestly, you know, things are pretty tough for me right now. I'm having a real hard time about whether or not I'm going to change my name to Ice, Ice 3. <laughs> and I would say that that puts me as a contender for a um, most challenged person in the United States right now. <laughs> <laughs> Today. Bold claim, Cotton. <laughs> I wonder June, how that's going to pay off. June 29th, for you. 2022. It's harder for me than anyone. <laughs> oh, yeah, I the... will not be taking questions at this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Backslash S, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> very interesting. Thank yes. you, Sarah, for sending that in. Yeah. All and, right. uh, you know, don't confuse Sarah who sent in the story with Sarah who is the story. Right. <laughs> I realize they're both called Sarah. <laughs> that's, that's Sarah true. Sarah Johnson sent it in. Sarah Roto is the person who loves the Jets. But yes, that was a really awesome uh, article to read. And of course, it was so cool. It's always cool when y'all reach out with things that you're like, I would never have paid attention to this if it wasn't for your episode. Yeah. That sort of thing. So thank you, Sarah, for sending that. And also, it really is so in line with this episode because object sexuality has its own little offshoot, I it guess. It does. It does. It, we've talked at length about OS, not just today, but on right. this show in the past, where people feel an intense physical, often even emotional connection to objects. Right. And a lot of people consider this their personal sexuality, like we just read with Sarah, like their preference is for objects rather than, say, men or women mm-hmm. or any humans at all. When we looked at the story of Ayurita, who fell in love with and married the Berlin Wall, or Erica, who married the Eiffel Tower, these were actually, like, shockingly sweet stories about 
perfectly sane, sound-minded women who just found joy in the bonds they formed with various objects. Right. <laughs> Very eloquent, normal-sounding. Yeah. Like, hey, who am I hurting anyway? Right. And it's like, I don't know what. <laughs> I mean, it was like... Can't be mad. Somebody coming to me and talking to me about how they like, uh, you know, pineapple on pizza or something, where I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I can't argue with you. You like it. Right. What am I supposed to say? You like it. Great. Good for you. I actually do like pineapple and pizza. Me so, too. So right. sorry. Feel so, free not, to. Not regularly. No, it's just a nice little If treat. it's there, I'm like, ah, this works. Honestly, pineapple, uh, pe- pepperoni, pineapple, and feta is a really oh. good combination. Okay. Okay. Um. So anyway. Just We're going to get more hate <laughs> from that than anything else we've, we've talked about said. on this show. <laughs> People are going to start boycotting. They're like, uh-huh. delete this entire podcast. <laughs> Our reviews are about to plummet. <laughs> <laughs> but in all these stories, there really was a strong case to be made for acceptance of this lifestyle because literally no one is getting hurt. Right. Um, these people made no effort to change the legal system to accommodate their tastes, right? I mean, the, the, the OSI group was very emphatic about that. They're right. like, we don't need you know, recognition legally of this marriage. I'm not looking for a tax break for me and my mm-hmm. wall husband. <laughs> and, you know, these people seem to be living happy and productive lives. Mm-hmm. So who's, who's, whom's amongst us can judge? Exactly. <laughs> Throw um, the first stone. This was an early episode of ours, and it really helped us set off on a tone of acceptance and curiosity on this show rather yeah. than, like, judgment and mockery. Because I think that's easy to slip into with some of these subjects, of right? Of course, yeah. Well... You know, some people make that a little harder than others. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to visit with some of those folks today. <laughs> they set themselves up for this. Okay. Uh-huh. Because, yeah, within that same episode, right, we casually mentioned that it's not uncommon for people to sexualize their cars. I think we were specifically talking about how the U.S. is a little hypocritical about that right, kind of thing. Because right. we're like, we do actually get vibes off of objects yeah, or absolutely. places or whatever. Um, And one of those things is definitely cars. Um, We often give them genders. Uh, We talk about their curve or their purr. You know, their sexy purr. Oh, yeah, baby, she's really purring. Right. Uh, People might refer to their cars with pet names like baby or sweetie Mm -hmm. or something like that. So mechanophilia is the term for people who are attracted to machines, which includes bikes, cars, helicopters, Ships and airplanes. Right. And it might not be necessarily vehicles. Right. Uh, You could talk about other machines as well. And it's sort of an umbrella term. You've got paraphilia sort of at the top. Mm -hmm. And that's an attraction to uh, objects, situations, fantasies, behaviors, or even like uh, types of individuals like, like like a... fantasy creatures like centaurs or something okay right and it's a it's specifically categorized as an intense sexual arousal to these objects so sort of underneath that you have objectum sexuality which is specifically objects Mm -hmm. things that's what i'm attracted to and then underneath that you have mechanophilia which is those objects for me are machines yeah totally as opposed to like uh, we had people in the Ayurita episode who were in love with swords or, sure. you know, or items, playing cards, items, playing cards, rocking yeah. chairs, things like that. Stadiums. Actually, uh, Erica Eiffel was in love with a fighter jet for a while. So she oh, had right, a little right. bit of mechanophilia yeah, along sure. with her object sexuality. So that's that's interesting. Um, but yeah, some people 
take their attractions a bridge too far. Did you say bridge? I said bridge. (laughs) (laughs) But while in the same line of thinking as Ayurita or Erica Eiffel, it should be totally acceptable for anyone to have strong romantic feelings for their car if that's what they need to be happy. Right. Fine, whatever. Go for it. You're not taking anything away from anybody. (laughs) Exactly. I got so many letters to write about so many other things. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to start with that. But it's a little harder to get behind this guy. Oh. Though I'd rather be behind him than in front of him. Uh Right? Uh (laughs) In 2007, a then 45-year-old Canadian named Sandy Wong was arrested not once, not twice, but three times for the simple crime of trying to fuck cars in public. Oh. (laughs) And no, by the way, of course, the cars were not his. Oh, (laughs) that's the real crime. Stranger cars. Once, twice, three times a car fucker. (laughs) No, no, as reported in the Edmonton Sun, witnesses first saw Sandy checking out three BMW cars on display at the Home and Garden Auto Show on March 22nd, 2006. If you're looking for a place to hook up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He's walking up and down the lot. He's like, hey, baby, come here often. You got a... uh, you got a GPS in there? Because you should calculate a route into my pants. Oh, oh yeah, baby. I'm totally going to wreck you. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't want that. I know, right? Yeah. Well, he's working on his pickup lines. Oh, okay, he's okay. a new, new frontier <laughs> oh, here. okay. <laughs> but after scoping out these three cars, he finally made a connection with one of them. A brand new 328i sedan. Valued at $50,000 Canadian or, checking the conversion rate here, $38,000 U.S. And I did check. And today, a brand new 328i sedan, still worth about $40,000 U.S. Oh. The price has not gone up that much. Take that, inflation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Who's complaining about inflation? You could still buy a brand new BMW for the same price you could in 2006. What's everybody complaining about? (laughs) (laughs) That's the next, like, New York Times opinion piece. Yeah, right. Any any day now. My brand new BMW costs the same today as it did 15 years ago. Come on. Why Everyone Should Shut the Hell Up by Eli Banks. (laughs) Hey, my name's Ice Three. Ice Three Banks. And I'm here to tell you, quit complaining. So Sandy sees this 328i sedan and he climbed up onto the roof of the car and he gently rubs the window gaskets. The chrome bumpers twinkled in the sun as he tickled the antenna ridge. Then he sat up on the roof and let his legs dangle in front of the driver's side door before dropping his sweatpants to his ankles and furiously masturbating on the roof of the car. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) And witnesses saw this. I... Oh, God. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, imagine the shock of these witnesses. Right. (laughs) Which shouldn't be difficult (laughs) for most of us, I imagine. What is that guy doing on that car? He just He's climbing up top. He's tickling the antenna. Oh, God. Oh, my God. His dick is out. <laughs> alert, alert. His dick is out. <laughs> yeah, they surely were not expecting this. So security obviously is called. Yes. Okay. Guards <laughs> ran over. They pulled him to the ground. They detained him as they waited for the police to show up. Mm-hmm. And also a specialized cleanup crew was dispatched 
to sanitize the BMW. <laughs> Specialized. Which I'm like, what specialty is this? They- <laughs> is there a four-year degree right. <laughs> for this team? This is like SEAL Team 6. <laughs> like, they have a very specific... You only call these guys if you need got someone. a certain set of skills. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Like, I'm just imagining... Uh, you know, they just sit around for months and months uh-huh. at a time doing nothing like a right. fireman on an uh, average yeah. day. You know, it's just like, they're just making wait. chili. I <laughs> uh, just wait for the call, you know, and there's all the all the rookies are just mm-hmm. they think it's not Bored. important. They're like fucking around with the pressure washers, <sighs> playing games. They're like, yeah, yeah, I ain't got nothing. I got the easiest job in the world. Listen up, rookies. You think it's all fun and games, but we've got one job in this world. And that's cleaning up cars that people have tried to have sex with. Do you hear me? Oh, yes, sir. Let me tell you something. One day that alarm's gonna ring, and those three years of training aren't gonna do shit to prepare you for the real thing. My God, it's happening. (laughs) (laughs) He's been through some shit. You see, he's real grizzled. Oh, Oh, definitely, yeah. I hope you... Saw the cigar probably, hanging he's out probably of his got mouth. an eye patch. <laughs> Definitely an eye like, patch. Like one time a mission went wrong. <laughs> I lost three good men and one eye on that mission. On that day, cleaning off the jizz from that from that car. <laughs> it was a nineteen eighty seven Toyota Corolla. <gasps> I'll never be the same. Oh my god! <laughs> I'll never be the same again. <laughs> oh, this cleanup crew. Everyone talks about Harvey Keitel and Pulp Fiction, but let me tell you. <laughs> All right, well, in May of the next year, 07, Sandy was strolling by a parking lot of a place called Boston Pizza in Edmonton, <laughs> Alberta, Canada. Boston? Which, Wait a minute. I'm sorry. to derail the conversation. I know. Go Boston ahead. Boston Pizza? Is yes. that really a... Is Boston Pizza a selling point? I feel like Boston does have a style of pizza. Okay. But it's not one that I feel like people in other places <laughs> are like... I'm going to open, or I guess they're Canadians, so it'd be like, (laughs) I'm going to open a Boston pizza. That's what everybody's missing up here in Alberta. Why not call it New York pizza? Nah, nah. You can get a New York pizza anywhere, including the Pizza Hut. Oh. (laughs) I want a Boston pizza. Boston pizza. (laughs) Comes with a Sam Adams. Yeah. Side of potatoes. (laughs) some baked beans right on top. baked beans. I don't know. Boston, tell us what your pizza's like. I'll try it. Anyway. Boston Pizza. Sandy's walking past this place called Boston Pizza when an irresistible sight caught his eye. Those big round eyes, those sensual curves, that tight little bumper. Yeah. It was a 2005 Mini Cooper, and it was calling his name. To be fair, we were all seduced by the Mini Cooper after the Italian job came out. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Well... Wasn't long before a witness was calling the police. And according to the police report, she, quote, saw a man standing on the hood of the car, pulled down his pants and started to tuck, rub and bounce his naked genitalia on the hood of the vehicle. The witness ran outside to yell at him, tell him to stop, which he did. He hopped down off the car. Oh, oh, my goodness. Excuse me. I didn't realize (laughs) said he went at the Boston pizza. I assumed that it would be deserted. (laughs) But the witness then went inside to call the police. And as soon as she went inside, he jumped back up and got right back to work again. Wow. Now that you're gone, everything's fine. (laughs) This time he went all the way to the roof 
and humped the top of the car until it, quote, partially collapsed. My God. So he really gave it the, uh, the, gave it a workover. The old one, too. Yes. <laughs> he was then found by the police hiding behind a dumpster, quote, next to where the vehicle was parked. And he was arrested. So he didn't, didn't really didn't try to do a great job hiding. <laughs> Not a getaway guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the closer we are to danger, the further we are from harm. I don't know if that was his thinking. <laughs> Just roll up under the car. Police never search the scene of the crime. Isn't that the the old saying? <laughs> Always return to the scene of the, <laughs> the crime. crime. Because the cops never bother to go back there. Yeah, or look there in the first place. Or look there in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, who would bother staying here? Yeah. Well, next, Sandy decided to go classic. Ah, uh, yeah. He's looking for something stable sure. that would last a while. Mm. No more of these fast, hot quickies. We've all been there. He wanted something sturdy and reliable. That's right. So he got onto Carvana and started swiping. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's when he caught a glimpse of a 1991 Buick Century. Ooh. With its long, broad hood and tight, narrow headlights, it called to him. He said, hey, what's a mid-sized four-door sedan like you doing in a place like this? <laughs> <laughs> He gently caressed the door handles as he whispered sweet nothings into the side mirror. <laughs> the Buick was a tease, playing coy, but oh so obviously desperate for his attention. Oh. He ran his fingers along the seams and the frame and then jumped up on the roof, whipped it out, and started jerking off all over the top of the car. Oh, God. <laughs> Man, he starts strong with a foreplay, but... <laughs> yep, he just goes right for it. So, there was a witness, the cops came, he was arrested. Usual story uh -huh. for Sandy Wong. Now, this particular witness said there was a school nearby and that Sandy was looking in the direction of the playground while he was masturbating on top of this car. Oh. But Sandy himself was adamant with police that his sexual behavior was absolutely not motivated by the presence of any children nearby. He said, quote, I flashed myself, I sat on the car and played with myself. I didn't see no kids or a school nearby. That was a back alley. And the thing here is people have often been trying to associate sexual deviance with pedophilia. Like that's been a forever thing. Oh yeah. It's true of, I mean, even the slightest deviations from traditional heterosexual missionary behavior. Penis like, in vagina. Yeah. Sex, yeah. They're like, oh, you like it doggy style? You must be a pedophile. You know, they'll, they'll take anything. Yeah, and they're doing it again. So uh -huh. if you notice that kind oh. of rhetoric, uh, just uh, maybe shut it down or yep. block that person because yep. it's some bullshit. It is. Uh, you know, it's like, it's just the first thing people go to when someone has a perversion is like, well, are the children safe? You know, as if there's some inherent link between atypical sexual behavior and pedophilia. Right. But there's never been another incident suggesting pedophilia for Sandy here, and no such charges were brought against him. No. So that sounds like it was totally made up, and then they just kept it for some of these articles as flashy language. Oh, sure, yeah. sure. And when asked, why cars? <laughs> he said he was actually specifically attracted to rooftops. Mm. He said, quote, it's curved like a woman's body. The sex appeal, it felt good. Okay. Uh, in fact, he told police that people 
shouldn't even buy cars like that because it's far too tempting for him and he can't help from pleasuring himself. Okay. (laughs) He said, quote, why would they buy that kind of car? It's the owner's fault. Yeah, did you think about that when you bought your Buick, huh? No, you only think about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Consider the sexual feelings. Think of when you're looking at a car and thinking about how it's beautifully proportioned (laughs) and aerodynamic. Think about the people who can't help but masturbate on the roof of your car. (laughs) How could you put this temptation in front of Sandy? How dare yeah. Now a little bit victim blamey, Sandy. <laughs> it really Damn. it is, Sandy. Come on. Man. I was I was on your side. Well, I wasn't really on your side for all the public <laughs> indecency. But I can respect you wanting to have sex with a car. But when you come out with the like, well, I couldn't help it. Look what that car was wearing. I you mean, know, like that's it's... that's not an okay excuse. Sorry, guys. Listen, it's your dick's fault. It's right. your fault if you pull your dick out. I don't care why you felt like you should have or Uh you wanted to. Uh You pulled it out. It's your fault. (laughs) I have certainly never been tempted to pull my dick out in public. Um, (laughs) That's good news. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I imagine that if for some reason the compulsion came over me, (laughs) I would think to myself, well... Just because I want to do something doesn't mean that I should. And I would then not pull my dick out. Aw, what a sexy, healthy brain you have in there. Boy, the bar is low. It I is know, right? so low. <laughs> so low. Okay, well, anyway, when we come back... Yes. We are going to get a little deeper into old Sandy's psyche. Kind of a dangerous place, maybe. <laughs> And then we'll hear about another man who really gets his engine revved by sexy cars. Uh, It's all coming up right after this commercial break. Kind of hope there's a car commercial. Oh, I really hope so. (laughs) From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're gonna love listening to it and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Toyotathon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, wait for the cease and desist. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> all right. Well, look, we've all had our fun laughing at Sandy and his ridiculous public car fucking. <laughs> But, you know us, we can't just walk away without digging a little deeper. Because, like, I found all these flashy articles about this story, and it's always, man gets caught having sex with cars, and it it just kind of tells those stories that we just told about the three cars that he fucked and got arrested for. And then the article ends, and they're like, whoa, isn't that guy crazy? The end. Mm -hmm. Well, one of them linked to the police report, and I kept reading, and Uh, of course, there's a lot more to the story. Sandy admitted to police that he had breached his bail in between these instances. And uh, one of the other things he got in trouble for was that he wasn't carrying a copy of his recognizance with him, Mm -hmm. which had been court ordered for him to have on his person at all times. He said that he just lost it. He couldn't keep up with it. Mm -hmm. um, And that's why he didn't have it. So Sandy also had been living at the Herb Jamieson shelter which was built in the 1950s in Edmonton as a safety shelter and food kitchen for unhoused people in that area. Okay, well, unsurprising that he lost something then because you can often yeah. lose your possessions or they get stolen right. or they get thrown away because nobody respects your stuff when you're unhoused. Yep. Uh, so that's not a surprise there, I guess. According to the police report, Sandy grew up in Edmonton as a middle child and displayed developmental delays in his early years, and they attribute his cognitive impairments to congenital hypothyroidism, Mm. which can cause a lot of hormone imbalance in children, and if it's left untreated, it certainly can cause developmental issues. And not only that, but his father was physically and emotionally abusive, with Sandy saying that he, quote, touched me once in a sexual manner when I was eight years old. Uh, Sandy did not stay close with his father, unsurprisingly. Uh, His dad died a few years before these incidents. And Sandy was married in 2000 to a woman named Nikki. That marriage lasted about five years, um, but they did have two kids together. And Sandy said, quote, we drifted apart. 
She's got mental problems, too, bipolar disorder. She was unfit to be a mother. She has no job, bad credit trouble. She's bankrupt. And so Sandy's aunt, Lindsay, was serving as the kid's primary caregiver. Mm. Um, and I, that's all very important and relevant. Right. I will say, though, that as we talked about in our Ayurita episode, you know, all all objectum sexuality people don't want you to think that it's because of exactly. some kind of abuse in their past that they have this predilection or whatever. Yep. They're like, it's, I'm fine and normal. Everything's normal for me. Grew up in a loving home. Right. Everything's cool. And I still feel this way. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say the same thing. Like, this is not uh, necessarily a correlation between... Sandy being sexually attracted to cars sure. and, you know, any sort of abuse he faced growing up or developmental disorders that he had to deal with. Um, and it is important to remember, I think we've I, I remember hearing some people talk about this after uh, Wonder Woman 84 came out. Mm-hmm. Right. And and light spoiler alert, you know, the bad guys <laughs> revealed to have grown up with an abusive father. And they sort of like set that up as the reason he's a bad guy. Yeah. And people are like, stop making people who were abused as children into people who are more likely to be evil. Yeah. You know, that's not, that doesn't tie together. And and Sandy's not really someone who's evil. No. He's just someone who uh, doesn't know how to control his impulses in public and maybe needs some help with that. Definitely. Um, and I so I think just to, all that to say, bringing up his past is all about just what a tough life it's been for Sandy. Right. And uh, to your point, it might not be the object sexuality, the mechanophilia that was born from the abuse. It right. might be the impulse control that's born from the abuse yeah. or something yeah. like that. That's, you know, it's just funny that people will will put a correlation and you're like, there's actually behavioral stuff that you probably could actually find a correlation for, but it's actually nothing to do with sexual preference. Right. Right, exactly. Oh, anyway. And the report mentions several government and nonprofit assistance programs that Sandy's taken part in throughout mm-hmm. his life. Now, obviously, we don't know anything about what it's like to be an unhoused person in Alberta, Canada, right? <laughs> like, nothing about that sentence is something I know anything about, right? right. <laughs> right? Now, at the time of the report, Sandy lived in a group home, and he got monetary funding through the Assured Income for the Severely Handicapped Program, or AISH, in Alberta. And he said a lot of his own issues came from him needing to, quote, slow down. I've got too much on my plate. It's hard to describe sometimes. And that just, like, that really touched me. I thought that was, you could you could look at Sandy and kind of laugh and be like, well, you don't have a job. You're mm-hmm. like... You know, you ain't got bills. You're getting government assistance, blah, blah, blah. What do you what do you have to slow down about? What's what's taking up all your time? But we can't really understand that about another person. I mean, I have been in all sorts of varying positions of comfort within a narrow range in my life at different times and had so much going on in my head or in my life that's just like making me feel insane and really difficult to deal with. And it's really hard to slow yourself down mm-hmm. to a point that if I tried to explain that to someone, they'd be like, what are you talking about? You've got all the time in the world. Sure, you know? Yeah. So that I, I just thought that was a really interesting quote from well, him. And I mean, it speaks a little bit to just the simple stress of being unhoused. Yeah. I mean, even if you're getting assistance, you have to apply for that assistance. Right? You have to go look for it. You have to ask for it. You have to find a place to stay and yep. you have nowhere to live. So yep. that's a very stressful situation. Definitely. 
And then on top of everything, you know, you need medication for stuff. So uh -huh. there's additional health things there. I mean, right there. That's a lot on a on a plate. Right. Uh, you don't have to add a job. <laughs> I mean, for real. Sandy said, quote, my future is uncertain. Hopefully I'll remarry someday, have a stepmother for my kids. I want to remarry, but I still want to live in a group home. Hmm. And unfortunately, we couldn't find any updates about Sandy Wong, anything more current than this 2009 story. Mm. So, uh, you know, most of the articles are just out there going, ha ha, look at this guy, he fucks cars. So, you know, we had to look a little deeper and ruin the fun for everyone, of course. Of course. Naturally. But, <laughs> but I was just, you know, really fascinated by the backstory of all this. And Definitely. while I, you know, sympathize with Sandy, I'm also like, uh, but it doesn't make it okay for you to no. rub your dick all over other people's property, <laughs> you no, know, no. in public. But Well, pull your dick out in general. Right. People just don't want to see dicks that often. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Especially a surprise dick. It's and like, I mean, ah! <laughs> I left out the E word, but this guy did make a mess all over these cars. Okay. So he yeah. left some things behind. Yes. We needed that cleaning crew. <laughs> oh, they needed the cleaning crew each and every time. Those guys yay, were busy yay, that yay. year. Three calls in one year. <laughs> Sandy Wong's at it again. <laughs> His arch nemesis. <laughs> Sandy! <laughs> I love this grizzled <laughs> I know. This cleaning guy, God, he's seen some shit. <laughs> <sighs> That's real, though. Honestly, I would... Uh, there, there should be, like, a band of brothers style <laughs> about janitors and custodians. Because some of the messes that they got to clean are, oh, like, my God. epic... Battles. <laughs> with... We've we've been rewatching Community. Yes, and it's such a good joke. After all their paintball episodes yes. or pillow forts or whatever, there's always just one shot at the end of the custodians cleaning up the school afterwards, and the main characters just, just walking right past oh, them yeah. like it's nothing. And I'm like, that's brilliant. We are so dismissive of the people who keep our lives clean. It's so wild. True. It's so true. And it's it's interesting. I think. I love the character on um, Abbott Elementary. Yes! The custodian. Was, yes. He's such a good character. And I love that because I feel like when I was in elementary school, like, whether or not the school was doing this or it was just the social culture of kids, like, you kind of learned to make the custodial staff invisible. Mm -hmm. I think part of it was the school, like, being like, well, they don't come when you're here. You don't see them around very often. Mm -hmm. uh, they come after hours and stuff. And it just... I feel like I was taught to think, yeah, whatever less mess you leave behind, it just won't be there tomorrow. Right. And how bad are we at that just as a country of people like throwing trash out their window and just mm -hmm. like, if I don't see it anymore, it's gone. Totally different tangent. but I know, but it's true. It is, it is true. And yeah. if you've ever had to clean up a mess, an epic fucking mess that yeah. somebody else made... It ain't funny. Right. Like, you know, like, somebody should be out here with a banner and a trophy, <laughs> <laughs> like a swimming pool Seriously. for me to relax by, because this is crazy. <laughs> oh, God. It's, but you don't get shit. It's I mean, wild. you do get shit. You have to scrape it off you the wall. scrape shit off the wall. Yeah, if you're a custodian, write in. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. Maybe tell us about the worst mess you've ever had to clean oh, up, because no. that would be fascinating. Okay, yeah. I'll read those. Yeah, definitely. I would love it. I would love it. <laughs> It's just because one time I had to do probation because I got a speeding ticket. Oh, back to, to cars. Do... Yeah, it was true. True. Relevant tangent. <laughs> I was in my car <laughs> abusing it with by going too fast through Monroe County. 
And they made me clean, like, government buildings for 24 hours uh-huh. worth of public service, you know, whatever. And on our the last day, um, I had made real good friends with the lady who was in charge of me for that week. Of course the, you the did. The cleaning lady who I had to follow around yeah. and help out and everything. And by the end of that, the very last job, she had to take us to Loganville. And we went to this, like, public, I think it was some public parks, like, like a baseball diamond mm-hmm. or like sports complex kind of thing and went, walked into the bathroom. She's like, Some, something about the bathroom, not, no big deal. It's like, all right, it's the last thing, fine. To this point, by the way, I've been like basically emptying empty trash cans in a government building. It was not a hard job. Right. We walk into this bathroom and it is a Pollock painting of shit. Oh my God. It is on the ceiling. <laughs> It is on the mirrors. How? It is on every door. Like what? someone did it on purpose. Like okay. somebody shit into their hands or several people, I think, because it was like <laughs> the volume was just like, I mean. Hey, you got plans this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go fuck up a baseball bathroom. <laughs> We're all going to meet up in the morning, eat three bowls of crackling oat bran. <laughs> wow. And then in the evening... I'm going to go make some art. Guess what? Well, what was so great was that she took one look in that room and turned back to me and said, you know, I'm just going to let you go early. <gasps> oh, and wow. say you did it. Wow. Which was so nice of her. Like I remember being like, are you sure? Because, and I, again, I only had a couple hours left. She right. was just like, I'm not going to make you. Wow. I'm not going to make you do this. This ain't worth speeding. <laughs> I, I know, right? She was like, so what did you do again? Oh, you were 15 miles over the speed limit is, on a highway? How about you just go home? <laughs> this, this job is for someone who killed a man. <laughs> <laughs> There's someone here who did something worse. Wow. And they can come in here and help me out. Oh, my God. But I'm still thinking about her because that was a real favor she did for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would not be the same person if I had to clean that Look, bathroom. <laughs> someone cleaned it. She did. She did? She, she did. just stuck around and did it herself? Her and her team. And then there were several people there, you know, on their own probation. I don't know if they had to do it or not. They were, like, cleaning up litter in the field or something. But, like, I just really appreciated that. (laughs) She was looking at this 20-something-year-old, and she's like, you you have your whole life ahead of you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Um, Okay, so let's take a look at a different case of mechanophilia that isn't quite as heavy as Sandy Wong's case turned out to be. Um, this is a fellow named Danny, and he's in Albuquerque, New Mexico, who in 2009 was charged with aggravated indecent exposure after, quote, humping his car in front of several passersby. Okay. The Albuquerque Journal says that this 46-year-old man was spotted in a grocery store parking lot by an off-duty police officer and his 10-year-old kid. Danny had apparently gotten out of his car, walked around to the back, and started to thrust himself against the trunk again and again and again until eventually passing out on the ground beside it. (laughs) And according to witnesses, he had pulled his pants down around his ankles, raised his arms, and swung them about as he shouted at the sky for several minutes. Wow. I guess he was going like, victory! (laughs) Finally fucking this car! (laughs) Wow. Vroom, vroom! (laughs) Well, this might not truly be mechanophilia. This appears to maybe be more of a case of just good old intoxication. 
Oh. Um, we don't really know. I mean, maybe Danny loves cars. Hard right. to say. And he was just like, oh, now that I'm drunk, I can finally be myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. His inhibitions were stripped away. Okay. <laughs> but no, apparently he was heavily under the influence of narcotics and alcohol. And okay. when the police tried to talk to him, he was totally incoherent. So he, he might not have known it was a car even. Maybe not. He might have thinking, maybe, maybe he, he was saw picturing a centaur. A, there. A centaur yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was something else. Well, my favorite part of this story is the tattoo that Danny had on his left forearm. Okay. And I didn't put this in the notes, Diana, because I <laughs> want you to try. Uh, you know what? Let's Uh-oh. do a game show. Come on down. Oh my Diana God! Brown. Yeah! You're the next contestant on What This Guy's Tattoo Say, oh, the hit show where contestants have to try and guess what this guy tattoo said. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So, Diana, Danny, mm-hmm. Albuquerque, New Mexico, Albuquerque. gets out of his car, goes around the back, starts humping it until he passes out. Um, Police came up, and there was a very specific tattoo on his forearm. Okay. Uh, you're allowed three hints. Uh, what's your guess? Junk in the trunk. It did not say junk in the trunk. Okay, what? Okay, give me a hint. It's a two-word tattoo. two-word tattoo. And I'll go ahead and give you all three hints. And it's a command. Oh, okay. And, uh, it's written in the negative form. Don't panic. Oh my god, you're so close. Oh, shit! Okay, uh, (laughs) um... Don't get caught. Oh, wait, that's three words. <laughs> That'd be a good tattoo. <laughs> he failed. He failed. That was he was like, damn it, I have to get this replaced. I'll tell you, it's the perfect thing for Danny to say. You you walk up to Danny. Okay. He's fucking a car. Uh-huh. You're, you're about, you, you're like, you, you really don't know what's going on here. And he turns and looks you in the eye and he says, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> No. I'm sorry. Okay, I give up. What is it? He says, don't ask. (laughs) Oh, it's so much better than I thought. His tattoo just says, don't "Don't ask. ask. That's actually a hilarious tattoo. It's a great tattoo. It's so many uses. That is such a good tattoo. Because you know somebody wants to ask why you got it. Right. But it says right there Uh -uh. not to do it. Don't ask. (laughs) I love it. That is amazing. Well, because Danny exposed his dick in public, and someone did ask, uh, (laughs) he now faced up to four years in jail. Also, Mm -hmm. he might possibly have to register as a sex offender and get mandatory counseling. Mm -hmm. That was all in the news reports after his arrest, but before his trial. Couldn't find what happened after any of this. There didn't seem to be any articles about Danny post-trial. But I did find an article from a few years later in 2013 that a man whose name and age matched Danny's in Albuquerque, New Mexico, was arrested for robbing three banks. And he was sentenced for 14 years in prison. Oh, wow. So I think this might have been the same Danny. Damn. Do you think that <laughs> the cops were like, hey, what are you doing to that bank? And he's like, hey, read the tattoo, man. <laughs> Don't <laughs> That's ask. That's right here. Don't ask. <laughs> well, that was in 2013. So 14 years in prison. Uh, we got five more years until Uh-oh. Albuquerque, you better lock up your Buicks. <laughs> Because Danny might be out. Or get the number for that specialized cleaning crew. True. All right. Well, we've got 
We've got one more mechanophile story for you. And this guy is actually nowhere near a prison. Oh, that's uh, nice this change. This one, no cops. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it can happen. <laughs> so let's hear from him right after this short break. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose, I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of 7 questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. 
All right, welcome back to the show, car lovers. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Creative Loafing says, quote, Edward Smith is a mechanophiliac. He loves cars the way mommy loves daddy behind closed doors. What? That's one of the worst pieces of writing <gasps> I think I've ever come across. He loves cars the way mommy loves, loves daddy, daddy behind closed doors. What a weird analogy to make. Like, this is so complicated. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really a lot. It's I a lot to I hate this sentence. It is dumb and <laughs> stupid. All right. <laughs> so don't ask. I hate this sentence the way. <laughs> Mommy hates daddy Mommy behind hates closed daddy. doors. <laughs> oh, no. It depends on your family situation. I, I hate that sentence the way Danny hates being asked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is another story from 2008. Oh. I guess. They've all been They've 2008, all been, 2009. What was going on in 2000? Some in the water. Right. I guess car fucking was up there with like gladiator sandals. Oh my God. And big chunky belts. True. And shaky camera horror movies. Oh yeah. And like the tea party. <laughs> <laughs> now, Edward lives in Washington state. His love of cars did not get reported in a police blotter. <laughs> he just did an interview with the Telegraph. Oh, much easier. So in 2008, Ed was 57 years old. He lived with his girlfriend, a white Volkswagen Beetle named Vanilla. Oh. And I guess their sex was vanilla, too. Oops. He was like, it could be more adventurous, but. <laughs> She's just not experimental. A little bit prude. <laughs> <laughs> to him, that love was real. He said, quote, I appreciate beauty. And I go a little bit beyond appreciating the beauty of a car, only to the point of what I feel is an expression of love. Right. And so, like, maybe to Ed, this is just, you know, his extreme version of feeling. I, I think that the way he puts it is, it, like Ayurita, there's something relatable about that. Yeah. I think I can understand what you mean. Maybe okay. not relatable, but at least understandable. Sure. Like, if you take what you love about something inanimate, like, you know, cars or architecture or tools. We've all, like, seen things and been like, oh, my God, I feel strongly mm -hmm. about that thing. And imagine that dial in your brain is turned way up, mm -hmm. you know, way higher than most people's. So that kind of inexplicable fascination and attachment that we've all feel for something feels to that person more like the love that we might feel for another person. Sure. You know, mm -hmm. I think that makes sense to me. I can, I, I can see it. Ed emphasizes, quote, I'm not sick and I don't want to hurt anyone. Cars are just my preference. And that starts to feel a lot more like what we talked about with Ayurita, Erica Eiffel and the others in that episode and the OS community out there. Mm -hmm. Now, Channel 5 in the UK did a documentary about mechanophilia. And that's how Ed ended up being contacted by the Telegraph. Mm. And he tells them that while he did have sex with women when he was younger, at the time of the interview, it had been 12 years since he was in a relationship with another person. And he said he had never really been attracted to women or men. The first time he ever had sex with a car was at the age of 15, but that was not the first time that he was attracted to a car. Okay. That happened when he was just 13 years old. It was 1963, and a brand new car came out. Oh, my God. The Corvette Stingray. Okay. 
okay, wait a second. My whole OSI ex- uh, experience is about to change. Here. When I look back <laughs> at the Corvette Stingray, and I'll say, for me, it's the 72. Oh. The 72, 72 Corvette Stingray. I yeah. might have sex with that car. <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! Pulling it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you see? I that's mean, that's a, that's a, that's a sports car. That's the first car I ever saw and was like, I need that car. And I've never owned one, but it is one of the most beautiful pieces of machinery. And I'm not a car person, right? I mean, true. I mean, you like I, to drive. We actively looked for a Prius. I'm not <laughs> like you know out here. When I got my first car, when I like bought my first car, it was that BMW, mm-hmm. and I saw a guy was selling his Mitsubishi 3000 GT, which was at the time the oh car that I wanted, and I loved that car so much, and I drove it, and it was so great, and I told myself, you know, this just isn't practical. You like to drive your friends around, so you should get a four-seat car instead of this, and I didn't. I went and bought the the BMW instead, which I loved, mm-hmm. but I forever regret that. Not getting that and, Mitsubishi. You know, at the end of the day, I'm just not a car person, but I want that 72 Corvette Stingray <laughs> so bad. I'm also not a car person, but I did really like um, Maseratis. Oh. I, I did see <laughs> well, a Maserati once, and I was like, oh, that's a pretty hot car. Like, I was like, oh, I noticed it. If I may, why don't you lower those sights a little bit? I won't do it. maybe... Would you I be happy with a Corvette taste. Stingray? Because <laughs> well, you're more likely to get that than a Maserati. Funnily enough, I think the first car that I ever was like, ooh, I want that car. That's the car I want. It was a Mitsubishi Eclipse. I liked the Eclipse, too, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That 3000 GT. That was a cool car. <laughs> well, neither of us got the Mitsubishis of our dreams. No, we so didn't. So Mitsubishi, feel free to reach out and offer us some free cars hey, to drive we'll take around. Them. We will talk all about them. We, we will, will never tell shut up about our cars. How we drive them and do not fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Mitsubishi. <sighs> now, Ed says he, quote, just loved cute cars right from the beginning. But over the years, it got stronger. And he didn't fully understand his attraction at the time, but says, quote, Now I know I'm not hurting anyone and do not intend to. There you go. Hey, that's really all we can ask from each other, I think. Yes. Just don't hurt me. Why? (laughs) Please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. Do whatever you want. Just don't hurt me. That's all I'm asking. (laughs) I mean, I think that's kind of society, isn't it? We should put that on the $1 bill. (laughs) Do whatever you want. Just don't hurt me. The American dream. (laughs) That sounds so so fearful and I know, like right? lame but I don't mean it take like that take my wife and kids please <laughs> just don't hurt me I don't mean it like that <laughs> wow that's not what I mean <laughs> don't get walked all over <laughs> by people who will hurt you I'm just saying our societal yes. contract is <laughs> yes. you don't hurt me I don't hurt you right. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a real bitch over here <laughs> All right. Well, Edward, like many of our previous objectum sexuality subjects, is not monogamous with his beetle vanilla. Oh. And that brings us to this episode's sidecar. <laughs> yes, Get out of the car. <laughs> because sometimes Ed sets a little special time aside for his 1973 Opel GT 
named Cinnamon. Oh. And it's a hot little sports car. That's right. Yeah. Cinnamon. That's a spicy. Uh-huh. That's a spicy, like, stripper name. I got vanilla. <laughs> and I got cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Not bad. And then other times, it's all about his 1993 Ford Ranger Splash named Ginger. Oh. He's got Even a spice world. <laughs> <laughs> Together with Spice Girls. <laughs> I mean, that's the best pep talk ever given. Now, uh, Ford Ranger is a nice little mid-sized pickup truck. Mm-hmm. I actually owned a Ford that's Ranger right. for a while, a 94. It's a great car. It's a great car. Um, so, Speculation Station, though, I just want to say, or, you know what? Speculation Truck Stop. Ah! There you go. Right. <laughs> Speculation Truck Stop. This kind of fills all your needs, right? Like, okay. maybe he's just looking for something cute and reliable. So he's got this VW Beetle. Mm-hmm. He's got vanilla, right? He spends most of his time with her. But then other days, his, like, lust for something fast and tight and hot gets a hold of him. Mm-hmm. And he's just got to get in that Opal GT. And then, you know, sometimes I think, like, even the most masculine of us wants somebody big and strong to hold us, tell us we're safe and that we can haul any weight that gets dropped on us, right, together. Mm -hmm. So he climbs into that pickup truck and he feels all safe and cared for. Okay, so you're saying, he's saying, vanilla I can take home to my parents. Yeah, yeah. Cinnamon is for weekends. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And ginger will carry all my shit. (laughs) Well, ginger's here when I'm feeling, you know, like I, I need... Someone big and strong. I need. I need to know. Maybe that someone's got when, my back. When I'm when I switch to my subspace. <laughs> there you go. Okay. It's the okay. truck's turn. It's the truck's turn. Yeah. It's Ginger's turn. Yeah. Ginger's a bit more dominant. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We've hey, all got you know, all these. You know, we why, contain multitudes. That's right. It's and that that's why people advocate for polyamory, right? Because right. they're like not one. There's no one person who can fill all your needs exactly. in life or whatever. Right. Um, Just if, like there's no one car. If of course, if many of your needs are sexual, right? You know, right. Now, which one of them does he take dancing? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They all get their chance they to dance. They all get to go dance. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Sometimes he brings all three. He's got those cool rims, and he just goes bouncing up and down. Oh, yeah. Hydraulics, <laughs> Hard- yeah. That's hydraulics. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> He's got cool LEDs. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a cinnamon thing. That does sound like a cinnamon thing. Uh-huh. Cinnamon's, cinnamon's the dancer. Right. Cinnamon's the dancer. Cinnamon's She's the dancer. got the hydraulics. He goes bouncing around. Yes. Cinnamon likes party. to go out and dance. She's the partier. You know, vanilla, she likes a home-cooked meal. She's a home-cooked meal. You know, totally. she's like, let's snuggle up on the couch yeah. and watch a movie tonight. If we take a weekend trip, we're going to go uh-huh. antiquing uh-huh. and stay at a bed and breakfast. Absolutely. And then, yeah, Ginger likes to, or Cinnamon likes to go out and party and uh-huh. dance and maybe do a, little, do a little nose candy, a little right? <laughs> a little and exhaust candy. Little, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Get a little turbo boost in that <laughs> fuel tank. And then so Ginger. Hit the Nas, baby. I want to feel it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ginger mm-hmm. is like, get off your ass. We're going outside. There you go. We're going right. to go roll through. The, we're going to go hike the mountains. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We're going to go. She's tough. That's right. Yeah. You haven't been camping in, in years. Right. Okay. It's time to get some outdoors time, some vitamin D. Uh-huh. Some time in nature. Yeah. You haven't seen the bathing. sun. You look pale and skinny. Come on, let's yeah. go. Spend too much time with vanilla sitting on the couch. <laughs> Watching drive-in movies. Look, Ginger's, Ginger sounds hot. 
I'm in a ginger. They all have their they all have they their do. hotness. They all do have their hotness. <laughs> uh, who am I kidding? Different. I need all three of these <laughs> cars as well. What am I? What am I? Am I your vanilla, your ginger, or your cinnamon? You're a mix between vanilla and cinnamon. Because wow. you love a home cooked meal. You mm-hmm. like to chill out true. and curl up with a blanket and watch a movie, maybe more than anyone I know. <laughs> um, but sometimes you've got more energy than me and you're like, it's time to dance. That's true. And I I don't have any ginger. Um you have some of Ginger's like outdoorsiness. Like you like you'll you can keep up. You can go out and hike. You like mm-hmm. to move. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say that you're like a hauler. I wouldn't mm-hmm. call you like Butch. No, that's true. You I know? don't. I don't like to lift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're not a motivator. No. Well, not that you're demotivating, but you're not necessarily the one to get up and say, "Hey, let's go outside right now." I think that's, that's usually more me. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But you're always game. Mm-hmm. Well, but you're often game. <laughs> well, <laughs> you had to walk that one back really yeah. fast. <laughs> I knew, as I said, always, I was like, this is wrong. Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> never, never always. <laughs> all right. Well, all right, that's fair. <laughs> that's a fair assessment <laughs> of my vanilla, ginger, cinnamon tendencies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about me? Am I... Um, Ed, Sandy, or Danny? <laughs> oh, God. Hopefully none of the above. <laughs> I guess Ed? <laughs> you don't have to answer that. <laughs> You're like, actually, I don't want to know. <laughs> as long as I'm not the person who wrote, Ed loves cars the way mommy loves daddy <laughs> behind closed doors. I kind of hope that person either left journalism altogether <laughs> or just got a lot better at it. <laughs> Maybe yeah. this was like early, early career <laughs> internship shit. <laughs> they're like, oh, I'm so embarrassed that sentence still around. Oh, man. <clears throat> All right. Remember, mechanophiles, okay, are not just attracted to cars. Right. Right? We've focused a lot on cars, but it's actually a wide array of machines and vehicles that they can be attracted Mm -hmm. to. Edward has fallen for other vehicles as well. His most intense sexual experience of his life was the time that he got to make sweet, sweet love to the helicopter from the 1980s hit TV show, Airwolf. (laughs) That's wild to me. Like... This was celebrity this his, helicopter. I know. Was this his hall pass? <laughs> was he? He told Vanilla, Ginger, and like, Cinnamon. He's like, but if I ever meet that helicopter. Right. That one or the one from the A-team. <laughs> I'm going to take my chance. <laughs> wow. I'm taking my chances, hey, ladies. It was the only chance I'll ever get. <laughs> I imagine you don't get many opportunities to meet the helicopter from Airwolf, especially... In what I imagine was private enough of a setting. Had to be. To fuck it. Now, did the person who introduced him to the helicopter know what he wanted to do with it? How did he arrange this meeting? I have a lot of questions. I'm so curious because my immediate thought was it was like at a convention or something. Mm. and An airwolf convention. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like some 80s TV show con. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, why not? Or he visited, you know, a storage warehouse somewhere. Or it was like a aviation museum or uh-huh, something, or uh-huh. yeah, something like that, or car show. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? All right, so yeah, he got to fuck this helicopter. It was great, best day of his life. Mm-hmm. Big long journal entry about it, probably. <laughs> Um, And before his Beetle Vanilla, who we've talked about extensively, he had another VW Beetle that he bought from a family of Jehovah's Witnesses. (laughs) (laughs) I got 
gotta wonder what they would say about who they sold their car to. Right, if they knew. Or if the car was like, man, this family is different. <laughs> <laughs> we never did the, any the of this stuff <laughs> with the with the Thompsons. The <laughs> Thompsons just knocked on other people's doors. This guy won't stop knocking on mine. <laughs> Amazing. There's, like, no mention of what happened to that beetle either, so speculation truck stop. Uh-huh. <laughs> he wore it out. He wore it. He just, he ran it into uh, the ground. He ran it <laughs> into the ground. It rusted and caused health problems. Maybe it ran away back to its Jehovah's Witness family. It was like, I can't take it. I'm pure. <laughs> I'm a pure car. <laughs> I want to go to heaven. Ed, what have you done? One I, day I want to go oh. to Carvana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing this movie where this car, this sweet, sweet car Aww. gets picked up with Ed and gets like all corrupted. Mm-hmm. You know, everything just gets worse and it just descends into a seedier Starts lifestyle. Smoking cigarettes. Smoking cigarettes. <laughs> it's hanging out. and totally hits rock bottom <laughs> before it realizes that it needs to clean itself up and go back to his to the Thompsons to the, to the Thompsons and the Thompsons get up one day they're like doo, 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 doo. <laughs> and then they go out and say what the Beatles back who brought the Beetle back did you <laughs> buy like, this <laughs> and it's got like fishnets around its leg around its tires <laughs> it's like got those those beetle eyelashes that yes. some people give them lipstick yeah but it's all like but it's smudged all <laughs> yeah they're like, oh my God, the beetle, the prodigal beetles returned. <laughs> it's okay. And it's like, you're home now. It starts playing, take me to church by Hozier. <laughs> wow. What a story. Uh, what a, I know. This is Cars 5. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon to Disney+. Plus. Yeah, Disney's really pushing the envelope <laughs> these days. So. They're very ready to pick up this idea, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Well, Ed has never been arrested for public decency or putting his dick in an exhaust pipe or anything like that. Okay. But he does say, quote, certain cars have attracted me. And I would wait until nighttime, creep up to them, and just hug and kiss them. Oh, all right. Well. Which I have to say, it I prefer it to having your dick out and leaving jizz all over my car. But yeah, if sure. I walked out and saw someone hugging and kissing my car, I feel like I'd also be creeped out. Definitely. I'd be like, what are you doing? And more so than that, this is like the, I don't know, the, the while you were sleepingness of this. Like, if I go out... <laughs> Now I now every time I walk mm-hmm. out of the car in the morning I'm like, "Ooh, has <gasps> someone been kissing this car?" Right. Where did the man touch you? <laughs> <laughs> what? Point to me in the owner's manual where the, <laughs> where the man kissed you. <laughs> All oh right. Well, God. we've got to get out of this world. We've been having <laughs> maybe too much fun <laughs> talking about these stories. But it is fascinating. I do really get very interested in OS just as something that I'm like, I can't know what that's like, Mm-mm. but I really want to accept it. You know, for whatever reason, in some sort of like, in its most harmless fashion, where people are literally just living their best and happiest lives, I'm just like, fucking go for it, man. Sure, I'm yeah. not going to tell you there's something wrong with you. I'm not going to tell you you got to change if you're happy and no one's getting hurt. What kind of a dick would I have to be to go up to someone who's happy and not hurting anyone and say, you need to be different. Yeah. Like, what is wrong? 
So whatever, go for it. Mm-hmm. You want to marry a sword? Go crazy. But, but not with the sword. Not, yeah. You could really hurt Be yourself. Be careful with the sword. <laughs> careful with the sword. You know, if you want to do your car, like, I, I don't get it. I what mean, you and your car get up to in the privacy of your garage is no <laughs> exactly. problem with me and none of my exactly. business. Exactly. The government has no place. <laughs> what did Trudeau say? The first Trudeau. Oh, yeah. Government has no place in the garages of our citizens. <laughs> our citizens. <laughs> you know, or who was it who said, uh, was it Eisenhower? Mm-hmm. Uh, a chicken in every pot and a car <laughs> in every garage and a dick in every car. <laughs> wow. It was Hoover. It was Hoover. Hoover. There you go. Yep. And we didn't even get to the guy who fucked his Hoover vacuum today, but we'll, <laughs> we'll get him in another episode. Listen, it's a real problem <laughs> yes. in the medical community. It was, it was a real problem for him, too. <laughs> I bet it was. Oh, we, we've got to get out of here. Oh we've been going on about this go story. Check on the Prius and make sure there's no fingerprints know, right? on it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope y'all had as much fun as we definitely did oh, telling yeah. these stories. This is a good one. Please let us know your thoughts. Definitely let us know if you have any OS tendencies, mm-hmm. uh, be they just as small as like I sort of am really have a connection to this coin mm. that feels very special to me or full on like I humped a fighter jet. I want to hear about all those stories. Yes. Let us know. Yeah. Please send us an email, ridickromance at gmail.com. Or uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Dynamite Boom. And I'm at, oh great, it's Eli. And the show is at Ridic Romance. So please, we can't wait to hear from you all. We can't wait to bring you part four of Colette next mm. week to wrap up that saga. Good times. And uh, we'll see you all then. Love you. Bye. From Vroom. So long, friends. It's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and aunts to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest 
to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robey. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.